0: I'm James Wrigley. Welcome back to the podcast. This episode is my interview I recorded with Craig Bigelow. Craig works in the financial advice space also, but is much more specialised in insurance. We recorded this episode on Good Friday. We weren't sure how many people would tune in, but it was actually really well received on LinkedIn and has been one of the highest viewed live videos I did. So there's a fair bit in this one. Um, For those in the financial advice space, I'm sure there'll be a lot of value to you. Uh, But Craig also goes into uh, talking about claiming on insurances during COVID. Uh, We both had a number of inquiries early on in the piece about people trying to claim on their policies. Uh, Craig talks about some of the things that you need to be able to tick off uh, to see if you're actually able to claim. So hopefully you get something from this. Enjoy. There we go we're on we're live uh it's just gone 12 30 on friday good friday uh thank you craig bigelow for joining me um we weren't sure if we were going to do this today we went a bit of backwards and forwards we weren't sure if we we should do it on a good friday <laughs> <laughs>
1: but we're here mate happy easter
0: yeah, we're here happy easter to to you too um we figured it's just because it's a public holiday, it's probably no different to any other day at the moment. Um, isolation and work from home and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I've been saying really, that a little bit.
1: I feel a little bit like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day a little bit. Um, yeah. Definitely over and over and I'm I'm still at the point where I'm, Um, early days in the Groundhog, you know. I think he went from serving himself to serving others. I think it's it's a bit of a challenge to see how he do things differently.
0: Yeah, we've actually got a. I've got my phone going here. You can't get any interaction back through through Streamyard that we're using. There's actually a few people starting to to tune in and watch, which is surprising. I wasn't sure if it would just be us talking to ourselves or or if anyone would be watching. So thank you for the few people that have started to tune in and, and and join us. Um, I guess as we we'll get to what do you actually do in, 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 a, in a few minutes? But where are you? How are you coping? Have you had lunch? I just did. I just said, I just heard. No, where, I where heard. You? I'm,
1: I'm in the office at home in Melbourne. Um, yeah. So as of probably three weeks ago, I think we made the decision that working from home where you could was would make sense. Um, hmm. Typically, I'm in the, off, uh, the, hof- the office in Hawthorne rather. Um, hmm. But the first thing was a remote team so we've got a couple in the philippines um remote in queensland as well and another one down another part of melbourne um and then i manage another team in the philippines so it was just getting everybody else home um so that was good we did that pretty early uh Mm. we lost about four days i think um getting them set up from home Mm. so taking their actual computer doing that sort of thing but it was handled really well but we just decide from a safety perspective Because they travel in such, they they ride these buses called jibneys. I don't know if you're familiar with it too much, but it's pretty close quarters. There's about 30 or 40 of them on a bus that come in for up to sort of two hours potentially each way. So um, I just asked Sam who's been with me for just over two years, said, where would you rather be? She's like at home. I'm like, let's just do it. And um, so we got her on the first bus out of the office, got her set up at home and it's been great. So, um, yeah, we had a little bit of downtime, but now feel much more comfortable that they're there and they're in the place they want to be too. So,
0: yeah, so, so that's the team in the Philippines you're talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So there's a there's a uh, there's a Graham uh, there's a guy that's been tuning in from the Philippines to watch these videos each day. All uh, right. Uh, he's uh for, he sent me some photos. He's uh he's on one of one of the islands by the looks of things, and okay. uh, he's, he's sent some photos to say this is where I'd normally be at some kind of beach bar and. Uh, uh, quite a quite a nice spot to be spending this isolation i would have thought
1: yeah it was it was interesting because initially there was not my teams in cebu and there's not a there wasn't any cases of of covid in cebu and it turned out they had no testing kits so um <laughs> it was uh a good way to have no cases is to not test but um so we went off the size of manila being the same sort of size population and just looked mm-hmm. at the cases there and then eventually the testing kits got across and yeah um, made a bit of a difference
0: yeah yeah so we guess given the given the long weekend where would you have otherwise been other than would you have Typically, Easter long weekend, would you have been at home? Would you normally go somewhere? What would you? Yeah, We'd, we'd be
1: typically be at home, but maybe just popping down to the beach for a little bit. Um, yeah. So either taking the dog down for that having a bit of a surf and doing that sort of thing. But yeah. um, Easter's always a good opportunity. I think April's a great month for public holidays. So you tend yeah. to get a few in a row. So yeah. um, it's just nice to have that little bit extra time. Yeah. Um, as well but yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry uh but typically yeah at home have it, you mate are you normally yeah, around so we, would,
0: we would normally have gone down to lawn so the last couple okay. of years we've, so we've gone to we, we wasn't managed to find ourselves for the last few years going down to lawn on good friday because everything around here was closed and so you could at least go and get a burger and yep. stuff and just just hang out down there we started just going down there on a good friday i also go down there on Boxing Day, the same thing, because everything around here was just closed and for, for something to do. And then the last couple of years, we've stayed down there uh, for, okay. a, for a few nights, just in one of the hotels. So we had that booked. Um, Gabby, my wife, lined up her roster to have three days off in a row. We were supposed to be going down there, but uh, that's that's been cancelled like everything else at the moment.
1: They've all been pretty good, though, haven't they, in terms of refunds and that yeah. sort of stuff? Did you find that as well?
0: Yeah, so we had, so we were staying at a Mantra hotel. Uh, yep. I think we had to pay a $200 deposit, but we've just moved it to a, another point later in the year. Uh, so so we've, we've just moved it to a weekend in October. Hopefully by then we can get down. Uh, we also had a, a couple of airfares booked to go to Port Douglas in, yep. in, in early June. So we're going up with Jetstar and back with Virgin, maybe, or the okay. other way around. Uh, but they've been really good too in organising refunds. So the Jetstar one came back really quickly. They just gave us a credit, yep. which we've since already spent on a different airfare to the Gold Coast later in the year. So that's worked out well for Jetstar. Uh, the Virgin one hasn't come through yet, but they said when we when we put through the the claim, they said it might take up to three weeks for it to come back. Okay. Uh, you know, no, no mad rush. It's not like we can use it anyway. So so exactly. when it comes, it comes. Um, so. Craig, you, I guess let maybe turn to the, the kind of the, the the work that you do, um, the I guess the team and the mm-hmm. remote. And I, and I was chatting to someone on one one of these lives just the other day. who was talking about bots and those kind of things. You've built a built a bot for your business, but maybe maybe we'll start with the type of work that you do. We're in similar kind of fields, although you're yeah. a bit specialized in one area than than I am. Um, maybe maybe we'll start there.
1: Yeah, sure. So i um, about. I've always loved the insurance part of it. Um, as far as as I've been planning for about it's close to sixteen years. It sounds really sounds like a really long time. I, I went straight from uni. I was full time uni and full time work um, in planning. So um, it's been a long journey, but uh, the risk has always been something I've really really enjoyed. The insurance, and so really took a took a path to to just do the insurance about four years ago, um, and since then have have moved away from the traditional referral path. So worked a lot with Mark Davis, a mortgage broker, um, who was really great in supporting me when I was first starting out. Um, but mm. I just got to the point where I couldn't support him back the way that he was supporting me. Um, and I, I just felt that if I was to have a sustainable way that I wanted to be able to get and generate my own leads online. So I focused mm. heavily on that. And as you mentioned, um, built, built a messenger bot because I was finding that uh, the gap between when people first inquired about insurance to actually being in a position to take action was quite a long one. Uh, and instead of having to do that manually and follow up and, and hassle, I guess, which wasn't an enjoyable part of the job, um, yeah. I wanted to give people something up front. And so we have built a a, a a series of questions online, if you like, that, that replicates an interaction. And at the end, you get a personalised summary of how much insurance you should need, uh, based on the the responses that you give. So that's been really, really effective in terms of mm. giving people a bit of direction as to what they need up front. And then um when they're ready, if they're ready, if it's what they want to do, then we can look at that personalization a bit further. Cause obviously there's some limitations from that online calculator.
0: Mm. And so you when you first launched it, I, I went in there and and put my yeah. number I I think a lot of other financial advisors in the country did too and probably yeah bombarded you initially has that has that slowed down now is it is it more like genuine inquiry that you, that's coming through there
1: yeah look we st- yeah. i still get the odd planner that comes through and and i record a personal video for for them as well so if if it's an advisor i just sort of send a message and say hey mate are you, are you or are you checking this out just to have a look at it if you have any questions let me know otherwise mm-hmm. i'm not going to bombard you with my follow-up emails and that sort of thing and a personalized yeah. message if it's just to test it out so yeah i think that's You know, it's perfectly normal. I've got no issue with having people go through it. At the end of the day, I could tell them exactly what I do. I just think there's very few people that will actually do it as well. So Mm. um, I've got, I mean, nothing's a secret, right? I mean, Mm. people say protecting IP and that sort of thing. But if I come and have a meeting with you, mate, I know exactly what you do. (laughs) So at the end of the day, I think everything, we live in an age now where you can find whatever you want on the internet. So I have absolutely no problem with that, but it's just that, Obviously, I want to try and narrow down for who's actually after help and who's just trying to test it out. So, um, but yeah, that's
0: that's like everything, isn't it? You can, you know, you can like, you know, all the read all the marketing books or, you know, that all of this or all of that. And it's like, you know, in the past, it was, you know, don't, don't don't possibly give away your secrets because someone's going to copy you or they're going to, but it just doesn't happen. And it's been proven time and time again that give it all away for free, that's fine. You're only going to get a small percentage of the population that's actually going to replicate or copy what, what you've done. Um, you, you're better off just, just putting it all out there and, and, and letting it all come back to you.
1: Yeah, and I find about 25% of the people that go through and get the report actually have a phone call with me um, and of that about probably two two out of those You know, two and four, about 50% of those are um, the right people that we work with. So Mm. it's, But hopefully the ones that even do it get some benefit from what they're doing, whether it's just a confirmation they're in the right spot, they've got the right things or they weren't ever going to be the type of person that wants help from someone like me, which is perfectly fine. There's heaps of options on how to do it. You've got your noble oaks that are direct without commission. You've got your life broker sort of stuff. And then you've got an advisor. So Mm. I think it's just not trying to be the fit for everybody which yeah. which works
0: yeah you can't it's um what's it um uh seth godin in, in his idea of the the, the smallest what's he say? smallest viable market is is uh is a lot of what he what he talks about which you're yeah. kind of playing, you're playing in well uh, there's a couple of comments and things and questions coming through on the on the on the live stream there which is good i'll get to those in a, in a sec um, but I, I wanted to spend a little bit of time just talking about the current environment that we're kind of going through now. Uh, I've had a couple of chats with some mortgage brokers, and, and uh, they've been really informative on on how things are changing for in, in the in the lending landscape uh, in mm-hmm. terms of um, occupations and things that people are struggling to to borrow money for, and a few other bits and pieces. But you're you're a whole lot closer to. The day to day of what's going on in the insurance space. Can you can you share a bit of what's happening there with all of COVID nineteen that's going on?
1: Yeah, obviously from a, I'll, I'll talk to it from an insurance perspective. I'm, yeah. I'm not a medical expert by any means, so yeah. no, um, me, I'm
0: in the insurance, <laughs> in the insurance <laughs> um, and the underwriting uh, yeah.
1: Um, of Yeah. So I think I've I've been really positively surprised by. And, and I love tech, right? I'm I'm a massive tech nerd when it comes to that. And I've been really, really positively surprised by a lot of the insurers where, you know, the old days where we first started out, it was paper applications. And for mm. them to have to reprint, add questions and do that sort of thing to a paper application just wouldn't happen. So I think it was about three weeks ago I did an application with MLC who'd already updated their online questionnaires. and And a lot of the others have now followed suit to add in a couple of extra questions around risk factors, I guess. Have you traveled? Have you had flu-like symptoms? Have you been quarantined? That sort of stuff. Um, And by and large, I I think that the questions that are being asked now are fair, if that makes sense. So they're just trying to assess your risk. They're not penalizing people for um, potential risk. They're more just looking for actual risk. And and that's all you can really ask. So Mm. I know that the I saw your interview with Dan, The insurance companies are doing a similar thing for if income's changed, depending on the industry, um, that's also having an effect. Um, Mm. And I know Chris Bates put a post the other day where it was, you know, two days before settlement, they wanted to check your income at that time. So it's really just they're assessing it on a case by case basis to see is the impact on your income at the moment temporary or is this how it's going to be? Um, and they'll make an assessment based on that. So by and large, like, like I said, I think they've been relatively fair in terms yeah. of what's going on um, because realistically, we just don't know how long this is going to go, what the yeah. long-term effects would be and and that sort of thing too.
0: Yeah. What, one of the other advisors in our business, and and, and I had a, bit of a policy that's just gone in force too in the, la- in the last week or so, but one of the other advisors... Um, is doing a fair bit of work with uh, kind of specialists and surgeons and those kind of yep. things um, uh, a, a lot of medico type types and uh, it, it's interesting to kind of get the feedback from her uh, in that it, it, it almost seems like the talk that's going through that that kind of medical field that you know some have you know tried to just just coincidentally in the last little while you have know, tried to increase their income protection or, or other bits and pieces and it getting exclusions and things coming on. And and then then all of a sudden, this advisor will be talking to someone else and they're saying, oh, no, no, no I don't, don't want to go anywhere, don't want to have anything to do with that particular insurance company. Uh, it, it's interesting to see these, these particular industries and particular occupations that how quickly the news of this, of you know, positive or negative um, underwriting uh, uh, outcomes are actually flowing, flowing through these industries. It's quite interesting to see at the moment.
1: It's, it, it is. And I guess the thing is that none of the insurance companies want to be different to the others. And when mm. you do do something different, it sort of stands out. And what I think the beauty of the time that we live in at the moment is everything is so public. So when mm. something happens and it doesn't seem reasonable, it often gets changed. Um, so I, I just feel that the decisions that are being made are, are quite fair. In, in the most part. And if you can't get a fair outcome with one, I'm sure you'll be able to get it elsewhere. Um, so it's, it's just by being a bit more fluid with that sort of thing and and having that knowledge as to this isn't what you have to accept. And I think that's what I say to people with insurance. It's, you know, they might make an offer from the insurance company, but you don't have to accept it, right? So um, it is frustrating when you get so far into it with one company and then it's a decision you don't want. But yeah. It's not necessarily okay. Well, let's not do it at all. It's like, what can we find elsewhere that potentially suits us better? So it, it's yeah. a bit of extra work,
0: but yeah. certainly yeah. worth yeah. it. Yeah. for That one. I've lost your mic there. Did you, did you just mute yourself? Are you on?
1: No, I didn't mean to. Oh no, no there
0: you are. You're back. Never mind. Uh, yeah. So let maybe let no, no, the next thing. So I've I've had a couple of questions from uh, from clients that have either lost jobs or. Uh, incomes dropped and those kind of things and they're, and they're sending questions to me saying James can I claim on some of this insurance do you do you want to talk through what what the the landscape's like in, in terms of that so what I guess what are the, the typical insurances people are going to have yep. and uh, as a result of what's going on is the likelihood of being able to claim on some of that stuff
1: yeah so I guess the first one would be income protection and mm. there's a, a bit of a misconception that redundancy or loss of work job or work is a claimable event on its own it's not Um, some of the policies will have a unemployment benefit built in which will essentially give you a couple of months free premiums with with maintaining your cover but unfortunately the redundancy alone isn't a reason to claim Um, I have had a couple of claims regarding stress that this is putting people under. So um, essentially income protection is a medical or an accident, anything that requires some time off work due to a medical certificate. So if you think about it that way, if you're unable to work, you have a medical certificate, you extend beyond your waiting period, um, you are entitled to claim on that one, but the redundancy isn't. Um, The trauma policy, some of them have some intensive care and um, that sort of stuff that's built in there as well. So if it was, affected by you were affected by COVID you were in intensive care there's different rulings around it so how long you need to be on support that sort of thing too but they're probably the two that would be claimable whilst you're still alive Mm. obviously if you're one of the really unfortunate people that passed away then that is covered as well so your life insurance stuff too so it is covered in the policies there were some pandemic exclusions that are, are placed on some of the funds so i think there's about four industry funds that have the pandemic exclusion built in yep. um, but again they've been changed as well through i think hester even had one at one point so yep. for the health industry um which is yeah uh, but they changed that which is a great move too because of public perception so yeah. um, i do like that environment that we're in now that if it doesn't smell right, they often change it. So,
0: yeah, I like, I like that the, the comment you made to say about, you know, if, if you're off work for something that you've got a medical certificate for, maybe think of it in, in, in that regard. And yeah. then, and then you, you're probably likely to go. Uh, I'll just look at the, the kind of the, the, the questions and things. Um, Stephen Genoff has got a, a, a question here from South Australia. I think we've probably both come across him at different. Uh, events and things. Uh, so, sit here. Nice to have you guys on. We'd love to hear Craig's experience leading up to, leading up to AVIP leaving the market and how he is positioning IP conversations from April April onwards.
1: Hi, Stephen. Um, I'm assuming that's the agreed value, the income yeah, protection. I think
0: um, it's agreed value.
1: Yeah, so um, just to take it back a step, the agreed value and the indemnity, the agreed value proving what you earn at application stage, the indemnity contracts proving what you earn when you claim. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a big rush on this towards the end of, of March. Um, they have extended um, the rules on this that allowed later sort of mid-April, but the advice document has to be of delivered before the end of March. Um for those people that need the agreed value, it's it was super important, and I communicated it early. Um, hmm. So for all of my existing, I put out a heap of video, a heap yeah. of emails. I, and I, of I got one of
0: your emails at one stage too. <laughs> oh, one of your one of your left. Very <laughs> well. Again, a to, I try it it I to try it. the pot. <laughs> hmm. um, But essentially,
1: it was I, I thought it was important to be on the front foot with that, and and just make sure that anyone who needed it had an opportunity at least ask whether or not it worked for them. Um, so, I think from now, the the important thing to note about indemnity is that a good contract will still give you plenty of fe- flexibility. Um, so a lot of the companies, the indemnity contract will allow you up to three years before the time you claim to prove your income. And depending on which company it is, it, it's not always just the financial year. So they'll pick the best 12 months, mm, so any 12 really months. Boys, yeah, yeah. 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 So I think it's important to have that discussion. And if there is some variability to your income, really understanding the likelihood that a three-year period, you're not going to be able to prove what you need. Hmm. Um, so we're having a lot more conversations around that too. And I guess it's just narrowed down the the talk around the income protection as well, um, that this is the only way that we've got um, and this is what we need it to look like. and And these are the potential risks that would be there if we can't do that
0: take takes a bit of the complication out of it all, doesn't it like you just there, there's just the one there's not there's not that yeah I, you're going to it. It,
1: it's it's going to be interesting to see how it works with agreed value books now you know like mm. those people with existing agreed value policies what would the insurance companies do with price um so it'll be interesting to sort of see how that landscape moves in the future as well
0: yeah yeah. Good. Okay. Uh, and the other comment here is from from Graham. He, he he tuned in. He was surprised that we were we were talking today, uh, Graham. We thought we'd just give it a go. It's Good Friday, yes, but we're both just sitting at home anyway. I don't know True. if you can hear it, but I think my kids are going nuts in the room behind I me. Can't I'm, hear at all, mate. They're, they're on here. the microphone. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what I'm in for when I when I step out of this room. Um, that. Yeah, thanks for joining me, Craig. I, that, I, they, that's kind of all I wanted to cover with you today. Uh, if there's anything else you wanted to say, by all means, uh, share it. Uh, otherwise, where can people find you? I know you, you put out some brilliant videos uh, on on LinkedIn, and um, where else can people find you if they if they want to reach out?
1: Yeah, well, I've got a, a really interesting YouTube channel all around insurance, so that's that's yeah. highly riveting if you're uh, in isolation. There's a, a fair bit of, of stuff on there. So that's that's been fun just to, to play around with. I've, I've really mm. enjoyed that. Um, so I know you've, you've taken a lot of these things over there as well, but I've, I've really enjoyed the YouTube platform and, mm. and getting a hang of that and an understanding. As a, as a search tool, it's amazing. Um, so that's been really, really good. Um, if anybody wants to try out the, the calculator, I, I can give you the link. We can put it in the comments. I'll do that after the stream so you can do that. Mm. Um, if you're an advisor... I will ask if you're <laughs> actually genuinely looking. Um, but again, if, if anyone wants to reach out, um, LinkedIn's fine. I'm happy to answer any questions there as well.
0: Brilliant. All right. Thanks for joining me, Craig.
1: Have no a great worries, day. Mate.
0: And we'll be we'll again.
1: Soon. Sounds good. Thanks, pal. Thanks. Bye, mate.
0: Thanks for listening to my humble little podcast. If you've taken anything from it or you think someone might get some value from it, would love if you could spread the word up to about 400-odd listens so far, which is just incredible. Thank you. I really do appreciate you listening.